Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Yeah, I think generally I just want to talk about um, domestic violence in in general. Um, I think I want to bring in a few points about ways to help. Okay. All right. For for the general population, because it's not only the people that are affected by um, domestic violence that that matters. There's people in the community that it's can entire society. society. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right. Here we go. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney, sweet people. Brains, how you doing? This is the spot, the place where the conversation is pointed. The guests are sharp and the, uh, hell, the host can't say the tagline. The place of the conversation is pointing, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. We're going down to the land down under. We are going down to talk to Doreen Courage. And she has courage. Absolutely. We're talking about infinite coach, infinity coach. Infinite coach. You know, um, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, you know what? She's a soldier on the battlefield. She's working supporting, encouraging, and uplifting women, and in some cases, men too, and the children of domestic violence. You know, when somebody is wailing on you mentally, physically, financially, it's a whole different story. The struggle is real. I want to ask her some questions because she looks like she's a pretty tough lady, or as they say down there, a pretty tough bird. And I want to know why (laughs) she didn't put some pigeon shit on this person that put her in an awkward situation. But you know what? Now she has the wings of an eagle and she is soaring. Let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Doreen? Hello, April, and hello, Brains. It's Ooh. really great to be here. I love your voice. It's just, can you sing? Not very much in the no. show. Oh, you got such a sexy kind of raspy voice. I love it. It just seems like you can just really belt one out. Okay, well, I might give that a go too someday. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your story and your journey. How do you show up in the world, Queen? So I married young, um, basically to get away from not abuse, but not a wonderful relationship with my mother had two absolutely gorgeous daughters and um, soon found myself in a situation where my then husband was just very, very jealous at all times. And so things escalated after he'd had a few beers. He was, he was a great dad. He was a great husband while he was sober, but he obviously had issues of his own that, that he should have, could have, maybe, maybe should have dealt with. Um, sadly, he died when my children were very young. And I remarried. And 
as it goes with small town country kids, certainly in Australia, raised in regional areas, I think the pattern continued and, and I was too afraid to, I just simply didn't have the courage to try and raise my two little girls on my own. So I found myself in another relationship and hence raising his children beside mine. He had quite a number of, um, he had a fairly serious health health issue with within the fact that he's, he had really big troubles with his back. And so he was at a point where he needed uh, a second lot of spinal surgery. He was on fairly heavy drugs mm. and was drinking lots and lots more all the time and things just became impossible. And there was lots and lots of incidences where I would rather forget. And frankly, I have pushed a lot of those things down as we do as human beings. We do whatever we do to protect ourselves and, and try and just live some sort of more normality. Um, through my coaching journey, though, I've unraveled a whole pile of that and I've discovered that I should have been much more responsible for myself over the years. Mm. There was I visited doctors and I told lies as to why I was in the situation that I was in. They were fairly probable sorts of lies. But anyway, so fortunately he decided to leave me and but, but that was after all the damage that had been done to my kids and that's the thing that really hurts me. And I guess that's why I'm in this, working in this area because I just see so much where I should have done a lot more. My family should have seen and recognised what was happening to me. People that I knew when I was dropping the kids off at school should have, could have, but never did come up to me and just say, hi, how you going? Um, you know, there were bruises and cuts and slashes and all sorts of things that were total evidence that everything wasn't great at home throughout all these years. And as a result of that, I'm really reaching out because it's it's a horrible, horrible place to be when you feel like you're totally alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can imagine. And I even found that the one or two people that I did confide in didn't believe me. Well, you know what? Number one. Let's speak to the woman that's listening to this right now because, you know, I'm going to squirt a couple of tears there, Doreen. Uh, sincerity, I can hear that it still takes you back to a very dark space. But it wasn't your fault, okay? You did the best you could with what you had. You played the cards that life dealt you, but look at you now. You would yeah. not be the so woman that you are today without the strikes that you've had to bear in life. So I congratulate you. I Thank honor you. you and I worship you. Okay. Thank you very much. I had a boyfriend one time. He slapped me in the face. I saw stars. I called that son of a frog. 
I knew at that point that I could, I couldn't be in a situation like that. I couldn't do it. I got rid of him. I sure did. And I've been married to Mr. Magnificent. And I call him Magnificent for the last 38 years. I love the breeze that keeps him cool. He has never raised his hand at me. He has never called me out of my name in 38 years. And I can be a real booger, but I don't provoke him. But I look at the signs and I look at how that other joker versus my husband is. As you said, you were, you know, in a small town, you had two kids, you know, you needed somebody to support you. And at first it's all wonderful. And he's wooing you and telling you you're doing good and, you know, throwing the boom, boom on you and this, that, and the other. And then you fall in love or what you think is love. And they have a couple, yeah. drinks. they have a couple drinks, ladies and gentlemen. And I say gentlemen too, because I've got a friend that hits her husband. And I told her that she better keep her hands to herself because if he hits her back, then she wants to call the police and say that he is the aggressor when all along it's been her. So number yeah. one, keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you're in a situation like that, the first time it's a stinger. And then they come back with, I won't do it again. And yeah. I'm sorry. And, you know, I don't know what came over me. And it was the alcohol. Baby, you better look at the warning signs. Look at how much, when you're dating someone, look at how much they drink. You can tell if a person's composure changes. How do they speak about their childhood, their mother, their father? Are they abusive to animals? I didn't know that until someone told me that uh, a, uh, a domestic violence person is also very cruel and abusive to animals. All of these things, yeah, well, it, it was strange because a girlfriend of mine, the dog got uh, hit in the eye by her husband, the chihuahua. Next thing I know, she got hit in the eye. There's certain patterns, uh, epigenetics, generational trauma, like you said, things that they didn't go through. Uh, if there is medical reasons for mixing uh, drugs or excessive use of drugs, all these things or just sometimes they're just a mean booger and they want to control you. They want to suppress you. They want to hold you down. All right. So we went through this whole laundry list and this whole story. How did you get out? Okay. So you said that he, you say, fortunately for you, he left you, but what, what happened? Did That kind of shrinks you too, because you're saying this person's had all this control and now they abandoned me. What happened on that day? Well, in the first case, my first husband, um, I actually did leave and it actually came to a point where he took my baby girl and threw her at the wall. Oh, come on now. And I caught her before she landed. And in that moment, I held fast on a statement that I'd made previously where I'd said, okay, so you're touching me up, but if you ever, ever touch one of my kids, I'm gone. And he came home from work the next day. No, it was, sorry, it was two days afterwards because the next morning I tried desperately to talk to him, but he had something else that he had to do that was much more important than having a discussion. It would have been my final discussion 
with him. But so he went to work on the Monday and he came home and I was gone and so were the kids. And so was half of the furniture. So I I just, um, I actually called my mum and dad, had an exceptionally good relationship with my dad. And I asked my mum how it would affect her if I left my marriage. So it's quite evident that I was a basic people pleaser and had been for life at that point. Um, I was more interested in how it was going to affect mum and, and what the repercussions there were going to be. Oh. But, <coughs> excuse me, dad just said straight out to me, get out. And the next morning there was a truck at my door that we loaded my stuff into. And, of course, later that afternoon I went for a, a drive and found a house to move to that was out of the way, I guess, so that I could try and be somewhere where he wouldn't expect me to be. I knew that he would expect me to go back to mum and dad's and I certainly wasn't going to go there. Um, but... It was just that decision, and I think because I'd always said, if you ever touch one of my kids, I'm out, that subconsciously I stuck to that. And I have discovered that that's a pattern with myself as well. In the case of the, the second marriage, when I say he left me, uh, he left several times, and we tried to work through that with marriage counsel, et cetera, et cetera. But this last time that he left, I just said, there's no coming back. So. I just obviously made that decision subconsciously and just stuck to it. So that was all I could do was just make a decision and make it firmly so that life was going to work for me. It was it was extremely difficult because I was unemployed in both cases um, and you don't raise, raise children on the smell of an oily rag. <laughs> well, I don't mean to laugh, but you Australians have the best slang ever. You know, wait, what was that again? You don't raise a don't, you don't raise children on the smell of an oily rag. Oh, uh, you need the oil. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Just the mess it's left behind. Yeah. Anyway, well, you know. Uh, so now the girls are women now. Yes. What are you pouring into them to help them deal with the trauma, not their, their own personal trauma, but what they saw their mother go through? How do you teach them to break the patterns? Well, sadly, I haven't been able to do that successfully because I've got one that's had just coming out of that same sort of, well, not, not a physical situation, but certainly an emotional and a controlling situation. She's just broken free from that middle of the year last year and is still trying to work through all of that, is still suffering from the control and the, it's almost, it's a sickness that they have where they just need to have you so that whatever they say you need to do, you need to do it. Um, but there's so many different sorts of, of, um, domestic violence, you know, there's financial where they only give you a tiny little bit of money. And I've got a little trick here for anybody who's who's in that situation. Groceries are going up. They must be going up in, in the USA. I know they've gone up exponentially in Australia. 
every time you go and buy the groceries, go and buy a gift card as a part of those groceries so that you've got that little Visa card that you can use on some supplementary little thing that you can use for yourself. It might be a runaway fund that you're trying to build, whatever. But just find little ways like that where you can fund whatever you need to fund. I and mean, you, reach you out for help. Do <laughs> not be afraid. Know that you are not alone. Absolutely. Know that you are not alone. Absolutely. You know, there are programs, again, there's women uh, in situations where mom has told her, look, you marry up. Oh, you can't come here with those kids. I'm not going to help you raise them. Stay there with that husband. He's not that bad. Oh, my husband hit me and I got through it. Oh, well, you know what? Everybody's got their own uh, road to hope. And so what I need for you to do right now is to stop and think about yourself. Generate some love for yourself. Look in the eyes of your children. Don't think that the children don't know when their mother is bruised or when she's crying or when she's, you know, she's throwing up uh, or when you see a lot of uh, abuse in the house. You know what that looks like and you can stop the pattern. You got to sneak out. You got to work with people like Doreen to develop a plan, okay, to get out. Worry about recouping yourself later. You are worth it. You are important. You are strong. You are worthy. Your kids are worth it. Doreen, give them some tips on how to break free. What do you do when you're in that situation and one day you just said, I want to get out? Well, when, and that's the other thing. Sometimes it takes people a very long time to get to that point. But just know that there's definitely support out there. We've got support from governments. I'm sure, I'm not sure what the USA is like, but we've got resources here. I'm going to put, I'm going to put a telephone number uh, at the back of the interview for Australia, as well as America for domestic uh, violence abuse. And Doreen is going to give us that. But okay, so you said that there's government help. There's government help. And another thing, you know, when you're looking on the computer online and stuff like that, and I know that I've, This probably sounds bizarre, but if you've got a person that's trying to manipulate you really seriously, whether it be male or female, um, there's in Australia, we've got an organisation called 1-800-RESPECT. The phone number is the risk, the end of the phone number is the respect part. But if you're going on there and trying to find resources and places where you can go to in your own area, make sure you delete that history off the computer. Mm. If you're, make sure you delete the phone number off your phone because sometimes those little tiny things can create situations where a problem will escalate and there's been there's been plenty of cases where there's been deaths involved. Oh yeah, both male and female. And I'm just trying to give you some tips so that you can just cover your tracks a little bit. Reach out. 
find people that you can absolutely trust. And if you're in one of the situations where you've been socially distanced from your family, which often happens because somebody who's trying to control you will not want you to be contacting your family. They won't want you to be contacting anybody that you can be, have confidential conversations with. As far as the people who are not actually in this situation, or getting back to the people that are in this situation, take responsibility. Oh. It's for somebody else to save you. For goodness sake, it's really, really hard. I've been terrified. I, I wrote a, a chapter in a book last year called Forgiveness, Healing for the Soul. And in actual fact, it's I was one of 24 authors that wrote in this book. <clears throat> Mine is more of a journal entry of one situation one day when I was sat on the floor in front of the lounge room window I had both of my children behind me for protection and both of his children were either side of me. And I'll just read you a quick excerpt out of that. It's a little bit further into it. In this moment, I hate him with all of my heart. Should I try to tackle him? No, I don't want to leave my girls in clear view. Holy crap, he's coming. Oh, the barrel of the gun feels so cold on my forehead. Oh my God. To stop whatever's coming. The barrel's so round. It's cold, cold and hard. What will death feel like? Will I feel anything or will, will it be just over in a heartbeat? What will this do to the kids? Will they always remember my head splattered over the window, the walls, the sideboard and the ceiling? Who will clean that up? I feel like I'm having an out-of-body experience. I'm feeling spaced out. I'm cold. I'm cold with fear. Fear for myself. Fear for my kids. Fear for their futures. Fear on how he will react tomorrow when he's faced with the consequences of his action. Fear of dying slowly. No, it won't be slow. It'll be quick. Everything's happening in slow motion. I hear him telling me that this pain that he's in is all my fault. I ask too much of him. How's he supposed to be a good father when he can hardly walk? Wow. Mm -hmm. There's a huge amount of emotion that's involved in a situation like that that was extremely con confronting. But... If you're in any sort of situation like that, for goodness sake, find someone that you can talk to, anyone. If you find yourself at the hospital because of injuries, don't just tell lies and, and fob it off. Find a way. Find a way. Put a note in your children's backpack. Absolutely. When they go, when they go to school. Um, yeah. I, I I can't even, I'm at a loss for words. And I can tell every time you touch that situation, it's still very raw. It's still very tender. Yes. And how, did you find, how did you find yourself again? How did you find self-love? How did you find 
the the courage to renew yourself. Well, that smile is one of them. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking, I'm still struggling with self love because my generation, that's not one of something that was a thing. So I am still struggling with that. But I have a huge amount of respect for myself with the advancements that I've made with my life. I've come a long, long way from that black hole where I thought there was no tomorrow. I was totally convinced. I'd been told so many times that I was worthless, that I wasn't of value to anybody. Nobody would miss me if I was gone. All of those things. And I just say to the people out there in the community, there's evidence of this stuff happening in your community now. It happens with the rich. It happens with the poor. It happens to women. It happens to men. It happens because of culture, religion, finances. It can be physical, emotional, social. So many variances with all of this. If you're at school dropping off your child and you see a woman who's so timid that she's barely able to look at anybody, don't just bulge up to her and say to her, hey, what's going on in your world? Say hello. Start to build a relationship. Get to know her. Support her. And the time will be right. And you'll know when that is, when you can say, are you okay? Do you need some help? There's heaps of ways that we can help somebody in the in that situation. One of the greatest help can be just to listen, to hear, to understand where they're at and believe them. That's right. And the children. And and the children. Because the children, Absolutely. Will, they will speak out. Yes. So now you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, wow, look at how grand I am, how beautiful I am, how worthy I am. Look at what I have overcome, what yes. I have been able to achieve. And you've poured all that into Infinite Coach. What do you teach the individuals that join your program and your coaching? Uh, we basically start off with exactly where they are at with self-love, self-esteem, it's the very basic stuff because generally even women who are grieving the loss of a long-term partner, women who've come out of, out of relationships and divorced later in life after the children have left home, women feel empty and alone. And it's really, really difficult to build up the courage to be vulnerable and talk to people. It's really difficult to reach out and speak your truth and say, I need help. There's, you know, there's nothing worse than being in an existence where you know that there's more there for you. There's more to do. You're not useless. You're not finished. You're not done with. Once the children leave home, that's when your life should begin. Right. There's many ways that you can get self-development look me up on facebook absolutely well we're going to put all your information 
at the back of this interview because I want people to work with you. I really want them to know that there is someone out there that is going to support them. Yes. That you're not, like I say, a one-legged stool. There is That's support out there. It's tough for families. Sometimes yes, they don't is. want to take you in. They don't have the finances. They don't want to get involved. They don't take you seriously. But you know what your situation is and you deserve love. We all deserve love. If it's nothing else but self-love. And you are a loving soul. Doreen, thank you so much for sharing your story with You're us welcome. and your courage. Um, still, I'm, I'm just, I'm teared up for two reasons. One, because of what you had to be subjected to, but two, because of the beautiful woman that you now are. Thank you so much. Thank you. I Tell my grace. If we help one person today, my job is done. We're going to help more than one. We're going to show this. We're going to share this. Tell my brains how to get in contact with you outside of Facebook. Do you have a website? Um, do you have a current program that you're you're working on? Yes, and my program is available through my Facebook page. I am currently in construction on my web page, so that won't be very long. I think that will be all finished by next week. So it'll be Doreen Carriage, Infinite Coach. Thank you very very much, April. This has been a pleasure. Brains, where's my postcard so I can tell you where where we are? I lost my cotton picking postcard. I got so into the the situation, but you know where you are. There you go. You are on the edge again. Go like, love, share, share this with someone. All of the information for resources to uh, different organizations that can help you in the United States and in Australia will be provided here in the back part of the interview. Um, I love you. I do love you and Doreen loves you, okay? But the important thing is that you have to love you. Thank you so much. It's, Go ahead. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. You hear that? Bye, Brains. <laughs>